0: Hi there, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Pour It Out with Elena Beverly. I'm your host, Elena, and I'm super excited to have you join me today. Today on the podcast, we've got one of our chat with a pastor, and we have Pastor Michael Culp. He is the pastor here at Heritage Nazarene, um, the branch in Chillicothe, and this episode is really special for a few reasons. One... Um, I don't think I will ever forget recording it, uh, to be very transparent (laughs) and honest. I will say this was probably the hardest recording that I had. I have had so far anyway. Um, it felt like the day that we recorded this episode, it felt like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Um, we had to stop and start several times because of, technical difficulties, um, some issues that went on, uh, personally (laughs) that I had to leave and go take care of and then come back. Um, I actually had to leave the building, uh, twice (laughs) and go take care of some things and then come back. So it was just a really, really crazy day. I don't think that I'll ever forget it. (laughs) Um, but, um, I tell you that to just say that, It was the first time uh, that Michael and I got to sit down and talk, um, which has been the common theme really with a lot of these pastors. You know, there's a lot of people that you know you've done ministry with, but to sit down and just have a conversation with them one-on-one, you don't really get the opportunity to do it too often. And so I am finding that with a lot of the pastors, um, I'm having conversations for the first time. And I'm having conversations for the first time and sharing that conversation with all of you. (laughs) And so, but it's been really fun and really interesting. And this one is really special also, um, not only because it just felt like the enemy was fighting us every single step of the way to get it recorded. Um, but the Lord ultimately, you know, came through and we got it done. And um, I pray that it's a blessing to all of you. Um, But also specifically because his story that he shares is just really powerful. Um, And it meant a lot to me personally at the time that he and his family walked it um, and even more now hearing it. But um, he kind of shares with us a little bit of their story that they walked through eight years ago with their son, Michael, um, who had gotten sick. And that journey that they went through with him at the hospital and believing the Lord for healing and just how miraculous things ended up turning out. Um, And I did not know them, but I worked up at OCU and he was attending at Heritage Nazarene up in Circleville at the time. And so we were super connected and um, it's just one of those those really cool stories where I was praying for him. I was praying for his family and, um, praying for his little boy. And, um, then, you know, all these years later got to meet him in person and say, Hey, I prayed for you guys. And so it's just really neat. You know, the the body of Christ is really special. And sometimes we pray for people that we don't ever meet. And then sometimes we get that really special gift where we get to meet the people that we prayed for. And this was one of those times. So it's really, really special to me. Um, Their story is just really powerful of the way that the Lord um, just really performed a miracle (laughs) And so he'll share that. And so, you know, if you are someone who is in need of seeing the Lord do the miraculous, then I pray that this episode really blesses you and encourages you and just gives you the hope that you need to believe uh, for bigger and better. And just the, the reminder that he is able, he is capable, he's a healer, and he is faithful. So um, grab something to drink and join us as we pour it out. All right. Well, hi there. Hi. Thanks for being here. It's been kind of a crazy morning, so thanks for being patient with me.
1: Hey, absolutely.
0: Um, all right. So to get started, how about you tell us about yourself? Tell us about your family and just about yourself.
1: Sure. So my name is Michael Culp. Um, I'm called Pastor Mike. Um pastor Culp occasionally. It seems like pastor Mike seems to come out much more often. Um, and I've got uh, a wife and four children. Um, my wife teaches at New Hope Christian Academy in Circleville and she is, uh, she teaches math and language arts. Uh, she does an amazing job. She's an incredible mom. Uh, and we've got four kids. They are 12, 10, eight, and seven. Wow. And, um, so my oldest is, uh, She's she's an athlete. She loves playing basketball and volleyball and anything else that will let her sign up for to play. Um, And my two boys are in the middle and uh, both of them are boys. So (laughs) they get into all kinds of different things and all kinds of different trouble. Uh, And then my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter, is uh, she's seven and she is uh, she is just a girly girl. Uh, she likes dolls and dressing up and, uh, even at seven years old, it's never, uh, <laughs> and we, we got to keep her out of mom's, uh, mom's makeup, uh-huh. uh, and, and all of that. Um, and she is, she is definitely the youngest. Uh, she's the, <laughs> she's the, 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 youngest born and, and the last born. And, uh, she has, she's got all the sass mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, all the, all the will of a, mm-hmm. uh, of a youngest child. And, uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. So, um but uh we live we live in circleville and um we minister here in chillicothe and we love it we love both towns mm-hmm. um uh, we've spent mo- the majority of our marriage in circleville um and uh really the only thing keeping us from moving down to chillicothe is uh, uh is, is homes so if you've got any <laughs> listeners that uh that, that know of any homes that are Uh, that'll fit a family of six, uh, that are, that are in the price range, um, uh, by all means, send them our way. (laughs) Yes.
0: So realtor friends, Um, you got somebody.
1: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, and and thank you for, for having me on. Thank you for, um, for approaching me about being a, being a part of the podcast. Uh, I think this is awesome. Uh, what you do just highlighting different businesses and different things like that in the, in the community. So uh, it's really great.
0: I've been excited to talk to you because, um, it's just, it's interesting to me for one, it's, I'm having conversations with people that it's my first time talking to them. And so it's fun to like record it while we do it. So it's, it's a little, I don't want to say fearful, but it, whatever, but, um, Because this is the first time that we've really sat down and had a conversation. We've talked, you know, in passing and Mm -hmm. things like that. But it's neat to get down and um, to sit down and have a conversation. So it's fun. Um, So you mentioned that you live in Circleville, but you pastor down here. And so how is that? Because Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't know a ton about you. I've learned about you this morning because we've had lots of technical difficulties. And so we've had lots of time to chat. Um, but before, um, one thing I do know, and that I've noticed is that you intentionally try to be a part of our community. Mm -hmm. Um, you, anytime, so I head up national day of prayer in the last few years, when I've asked you to do things, you've stepped right in, you've jumped Mm -hmm. right in. Um, you've shown up to things if you can, or if you're not able to, you at least let me know, Hey, like my heart's there with you. I can't be there which always means a lot. Like, I think, you know, just that communication and that willingness to be like, I want to be a part of this says a lot about who you are and your intentions for pastoring down here. Um, But I also, you know, we serve on um, a leadership team here in the community. And so um, you're always there when you can be. And so I just, I see your heart and I see, that you may not live here, but you really intentionally are trying to connect here. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really great. So how is that? Is it challenging to pastor in a city that you don't live in?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we, and we talked a little bit this morning about the the fact that, you know, we don't have Chillicothe neighbors. Mm-hmm. And so um, we can't necessarily walk out our door and, and that's the people that we're ministering to. Um, but um, what it does mean is that, you, and, and you hit the nail on the head, uh, I have to be much more intentional, um, mm-hmm. where, where some folks who, who live here and, and I'm not thinking of anyone in, in particular, <laughs> I'm just saying that it's, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a tendency mm-hmm. that may take for granted the fact that, you know, you walk out your door and, and those, there your, there's your mission field.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I don't have that luxury. And so I have to be intentional about, uh, scheduling the time to come down and, uh, so when my wife and I have uh, date night, we, we come down here mm-hmm. um, when thankfully they have much more down here as far as shops and things, yeah. um, then circle with us. Uh-huh. So we have that opportunity to come down and, and we, we shop, um, we buy clothes down here. And, um, I, I, I don't know how many times I've spent, uh, how many hours I've spent walking through Lowe's mm-hmm. and <laughs> looking uh-huh. for different things. Uh, so, uh cause the. Because we've got we've got some of those hardware shops up in Circleville, just not just not a Lowe's, um, and now you've got Menards down here, mm-hmm. and so uh, a lot of different businesses that um, that we just we don't have in Circleville. So it, it kind of brings us down this mm-hmm. way, and um, and so yeah, we've we've got to be a lot more intentional, and um, but uh, but yeah, like you said, for those that are looking for it, there's it's definitely easy to get plugged in mm-hmm. to Circleville, at least or excuse me. Plugged into chillicothe <laughs> um you'll catch me doing that quite uh-huh. often because i'm, I'm a, a man of two cities yeah um, <laughs> so but um but yeah it's, it's easy to get plugged into chillicothe just because there's so much going on yeah. um which is incredible too um and so so yeah I, I mean it at times it's difficult because you know it is it is a little bit of a drive mm-hmm. um not terrible but uh i mean i, I know people that have longer commutes mm-hmm. um to work but um but also not being here means that I do have to have those folks kind kind of like you that are willing to to, to say, Hey, we, we've got this thing going on. Do you want to be a part of this? Mm-hmm. And so, um, really connecting to those people who are already connected makes it, um, makes mm-hmm. it that much better. So we've got, um, there's a, there's a lady that attends our church now, um, who is very connected in the mm-hmm. community. And, um, she lets me know about all those different things mm-hmm. that are going on as well. And so, um, the, the more people that I meet, I meet and get connected with, uh, just makes it that much easier because they're willing to 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 feed me that that information yeah. that I may that I would probably ordinarily get if I was living here, um, but uh, but don't because I'm not. So. Yeah. yeah, but
0: then you also do a good job. Your church, at least from what I can see, um, you do a lot of like outreach things. You do a lot of big mm-hmm. like family outreach things. Um, and put it out there for the community. And so I think that's great, too. Like, I think you do a really, really great job with that. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah, and we've got the space um, here on the campus. So it and it makes it nice that we're right here in the community. mm -hmm. Um, We're right here. um, There's 2100 homes, I believe, in a half mile radius Mm -hmm. from from our building, which is just incredible. Uh, And so we we've got uh, inflatables that the church owns. And so we, we bring those down and and Mm -hmm. pop those up. And uh, you, you probably know this anywhere you pop up uh, an inflatable in a, in a community, kids just come running. Uh, so that makes it easy Uh (laughs) when the weather's, weather's Mm -hmm. nice. Um, and, uh, we, we try to do, um, like Easter egg hunts and, um, the, you know, Halloween trick or treat nights and, and things like that. And, um, just, just ways to to make those touch points with the community and let them know that hey, we're here. Yeah. Um, we want to love on you, and yeah. um, and there's a there's a God that loves you. Yeah. And more importantly, there's a God that loves you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, wants to have a relationship with you.
2: So. I love
0: that. Um. So I know that you know you talked about being intentional, and so when you pray for Chillicothe, you probably. I don't want to say you have to be more intentional with praying over Chillicothe, but maybe because you have to really seek the Lord being somebody who not only do not live here now, but you've never lived here. Like you're, Mm -hmm. you're not from here. So you're just now kind of grafting into the community Mm -hmm. over the past few years. Um, So when you pray for Chillicothe and as you intentionally really seek the Lord for his heart over Chillicothe, is there anything specific that he's been showing you lately for our city or anything about us
1: (laughs) yeah and 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 that's hard right because you you come out and you're you're the outsider Mm -hmm. right and and um and so any kind of uh any kind of word that you might have for the community um really has to come through through prayer and it has to be a uh, a significant um feeling of of of, hey the holy spirit is leading me into this Mm -hmm. and um one of the things that i can say about chillicothe that i have loved from the very beginning that i came down here is that they have a sense of community and and a sense of unity around being part of chillicothe being Mm -hmm. citizens of 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 the 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 first state capital right Mm -hmm. um first and third right Uh yeah yep Yep. (laughs) so um and and so that that is huge Mm -hmm. um just the that sense of community makes it easy to get connected Um, as I said before, because um, there's, there's a willingness to want to be together. Um, Now COVID uh, didn't even put the kibosh on that that much, Um, but it did. It -hmm. it, it stopped for a while and then it slowly came back. Um, And so that was difficult because I'm my, my beginning of my pastorate started with uh, within COVID. And so it was, it was difficult getting to that place of, Um, not only people trusting you, but also just trusting you because you're not a part of the community, Mm -hmm. but trusting you because, hey, do you have COVID? Are you, are you you one of those people that, you know, uh, that doesn't see it as a problem? Or are you one of those people that do see it as a problem? And where do I fall in that? (laughs) Uh And, and, and just the, the, the whole, uh, the the whole madness of of COVID has made it really difficult um, to connect with folks. But, um, but as far as a word and, and um, when you when, when we were talking about this interview, I thought, man, what, you know, what word could I give um, or, or could the Lord give through me um, for the community? And, and I, I really um, here at the here at the church, here at Heritage, one of the things that I've been trying to do is just build a foundation mm-hmm. of, of biblical literacy and, and theological um, knowledge. That, to help people, you know, know who God is and and how to relate with them, mm-hmm. and so things that we've been talking about is like, um, like a biblical perspective of women, mm-hmm. or how to love your neighbor, or um, you, you know, just just how to uh, how to relate and be a part of the people of God. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the folks that um, that attend, uh, they they may have been t- connected to another church, um, but but here with as, as small as we are. Um, and, and still growing, uh, they have to be much more connected and much yeah. more intentional about being connected. And so it's a new experience for them in a lot of different ways, uh, even if they, they have been church mm-hmm. before, of, man, how do, I, how do I do this? How do I live life with people uh, intentionally? And, and how do I get so close to them when I'm, I'm, maybe I've been to a larger church and, mm-hmm. and that, wasn't, uh, that wasn't as easy, or I could just kind of slip in and slip out. Um, and so we've been doing a lot of that at the church. But um, as, I was, as I was preparing for our, um, our conversation today, uh, Nehemiah actually came to mind. Mm-hmm. And um, I, again, one of the things I love is all the different, the social interaction and the community that, that Chillicothe brings. And, and at ne- in Nehemiah, you have this, uh, this servant of the Lord who wants to go and wants to help his his people israel back in israel right but mm-hmm. he's 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 in babylon and he's with uh he's with the the king there and and uh he really f- feels for the people there and so he um he goes and, and he asks permission to go and build a wall and so he builds this wall and they're and they're trying to build up israel and they're trying to build up their community again and and so they're doing all of the thing all the right things right mm-hmm. to putting the social structure in place and and getting the gifts so that they can uh they can invest in the community and whatnot uh and then they find uh the book of the law and uh they begin to read this book uh and they realize oh my goodness we've lost sight Mm -hmm. of of god and his his law and and what is right for him and and what he what he expects of us as his people and they begin to weep and and are are terrified that, oh, man, we've we've messed up so terribly. How do we, you know, how do we even resolve this? You know, God's going to come down and strike us, you know, strike Mm -hmm. us dead. And and the priests and Nehemiah, they come to the people and they say, no, go eat, drink, rest, uh, rejoice in what we've done. And we'll come back and we will worship the Lord because that's what he wants for us. And if there's any, if there was a word that I had for, for Chillicothe, it was, it's that while we have those, those social things and, and there's a lot of churches out there doing a lot of things and there's, uh, there's a lot of parachurch organizations and, and faith-based organizations mm-hmm. that are, uh, providing for, for the homeless and, uh, you know, providing jackets in the winter and, and feeding, feeding people. And, and those are all great things. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with them. I don't want them to stop doing those things. Mm-hmm. We should never stop doing those things. Um, but if there's one thing that I think our church wants to focus on and, and bring to Chillicothe is that that calling them back to the word of God.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, and that's not to say that there aren't other churches in the yeah. community doing that. In fact, I hope that there are. I hope there are other churches and other pastors that feel that um, that that heaviness uh, from the Holy Spirit to say, hey, we, we need to get back to the word. Yeah. And, and we need to to call people to repentance and and we need to call them to, to hey don't don't wallow in your in your sin don't feel badly that you're that you're sin uh that that you're living in sin or that you're uh that you or feel distant from god but instead uh rejoice because now you know yeah <laughs> now you know what you didn't know yeah and, and you can turn you can turn from that um so yeah, if I had a word for for Chillicothe, it would be it would be that it would be be like uh, be like the Israelites yeah. uh, when Nehemiah came and, yeah. um, and and recognized their sinfulness, um, and it, it's the same when Jesus came. Yeah, uh, he called them to repentance, and and he said um, he said repent for the kingdom of God is at hand.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, and he didn't judge them. And as a church, we don't want to judge. Uh, and I'm certain that you know. in talking with other pastors here in town, none of them want to judge either. Right. Um, they just want to see folks come to repentance, right, uh, and come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I, I think, uh, I think that's that's the word that I would give to to the people of Chillicothe is, um, you are doing amazing things, uh, as a as a community, as a as a body, mm-hmm. um, as a people. And I think that if we if we unite uh, as a as a spiritual people, um, under the, uh, under the banner of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. um, I think we will see an amazing blessing yeah. coming to, coming to the people of Chillicothe. I
0: love it. I love it. It's interesting. One thing that you said, the first thing that you said was the, the pride that people who are from here feel about our city mm-hmm. that stuck out to me because it's the same thing that Ryan Bash said. Is that right? And um, when I asked him, he that was his first, because he's not from here. You know, he's mm-hmm. a transplant here. And so that was one of the things that he said. And I remember when I talked with him, it just, as an outsider, from an outsider's perspective, it was encouraging to me to hear that. Like when people come to our city, they see people that are proud to live here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so to hear you say it too, it's just it's encouraging and it's neat that that's one thing that's noticeable is that we are people that love our community. Um, and so even if you're not from here, when you come, you just kind of fall in love with it too. Oh, yeah. and I think absolutely that's really interesting. Um, and also I agree. I mean, I think for me personally, and for um, for my church and where I attend our pastor has been very, very like, we got to get back to the word. And so I think that that's, um, that resonates a lot and it's so true. It's so true. And um, there's just so much power in the word. And so it's alive and it's active and it's powerful and it's life to us. And so, yeah, like you said, like, don't stop doing the things, right? Because that's what we're called to do. We're called to, You know, feed the people and clothe the people and you know, reach out and do the mission stuff, but we have to get back to the foundational things of the word, so yeah, that's really good. That's really good. I am interrupting this podcast uh, real quick to let you know about our partners and. I mentioned last week, I'm going to mention it again this week, um, my plug for our partners, uh, Roast Coffee, Sweet William Blossom Boutique, and Maggie and Me Company. I strongly just encourage you guys to check them out. Um, I did separate podcasts with each of them. Uh, with the owner of each of those businesses. And so I encourage you, if you have not listened to those, go back and listen to them. You will get to hear their heart behind their business, kind of how they got started and hear their story. This podcast is all about sharing stories. And I sat down um, with each of them and just got to hear their story of how they got everything started, their heart behind it. They're all three wonderful Um, conversation. So if you have not listened to them, go listen to them, go check them out, and then go support them. I also just want to give a little bit of a special shout out to Roast. Um, For those of you who do not know, this past week, uh, Roast had a little fire in their coffee roaster, and so they ended up having to shut down for several days. And so they are back up and running. And I just encourage you all to go really check them out. You know, when any, anytime these small businesses have to close for any reason, it's just not fun and it's not good. So I just encourage you. It's been, um, really stressful, really overwhelming, obviously. Um, and so I encourage you to just go and check them out and give them some extra love give them some extra encouragement because they're all in need of it. And if you happen to see the owners of the shops that are in there, uh, the stack and, um, hometown, hometown threads and kindly, you know, go, they're closed right now. Um, but go give them some love also, um, because they all need it. So pray for all of them as they are, you know, still rebounding from, everything that happened last week and also just go show them some love and appreciation and encouragement and, um, go check out the, the podcast conversations that I had with, uh, Trent, with Annie and with Lynn. They are all three fantastic, uh, business owners, businesses, and, um, I cannot recommend them more. So go check those podcasts out, hear their hearts and hear their stories, and then go support local. Okay. So I actually got introduced to your family about eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working at OCU and um, we were connected through a lot of different mutual friends. Um, And your family kind of went through a pretty traumatic event and it blew up all over my Facebook newsfeed. And, um, So I just really started praying for you guys. And so then here a few years ago when you moved or not moved here, but when you started pastoring here and I found out that you were the pastor, I was like, oh, my gosh, I prayed for them for a long time. And so it was really neat. So I want to kind of rewind and have you tell us the story of what happened eight years ago.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, Wow. Uh, That that is quite the story. And it's, it's, it's an incredible God story um, because uh, through it all, God was moving even six months prior to um, us being uh, any of this happening with Michael. <clears throat> so my, um, uh, my son, uh, Michael, he was two at the time, and he would come into our room every day, 5 a.m., every day 5 a.m he was right there in my face <laughs> <laughs> and he would wake us up and and now I had to get up at 5 a.m anyway at the time I was working up um, uh, up at the base uh, up at Rickenbacker and um, and so I would I would get up at 5 a.m. and I'd, I'd get him cereal and uh, eventually put him back to bed because he didn't need to be up that <laughs> early um, but um, but this particular day um, we woke up and it was like 5:03. I remember distinctly uh, it was 5:03 on on my clock, and no Michael. And we heard some moaning in the uh, in, coming from his room, and so we went and we checked on him, and, and he was just stiff as a board. Um, we we later learned that his heart rate was over 200. Um, oh he was completely um, his his body was completely shutting down. Uh, he had had uh, what they called like the final bowel movement. Um, I mean, he was in the last stages of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what had happened is he had gotten a, a stomach bug and so we stayed home from school the day before and, um, still wasn't feeling great. So we were, we weren't going to have him go to school that day either. Uh, but, um, but when we woke up and he was unresponsive, uh, we quickly went into panic mode and so we, we called the, called 911 and we got the, you know, the ambulance there and they, they came and they, um, they picked him up and they, they took him to Burger hospital. They eventually life him to children's hospital up in, uh, up in Columbus. And, um, they immediately started to go to work on, uh, just trying to stabilize him. Uh, they couldn't get, uh, an IV into his, uh, into his veins. They all clamped down. Uh, and he was, uh, I mean, everything, his body was, was in septic shock. And so everything was being diverted to the most vital organs. And, um, and so they eventually had to put, uh, um, what they call an IO, uh, into his bone and, uh, in order to get, uh, some sort of access to his, uh, to his circulatory system. And, um, once they got him to the children's, they almost immediately started prepping him for ECMO life support. And when he was on ECMO, or once they had him on ECMO, they basically told us do not, um, do not expect any change for two weeks, because essentially they were prepping us for what what they thought would be inevitable is mm-hmm. that he was going to eventually pass away. And so they sat us in a little waiting room, and and we um, we waited as they stabilized him, and then we could go in and see him, and he was just this just this tiny little body hooked up to all these machines and it was it was quite the sight to see honestly um, but I remember the two cannules from the ECMO machine tucked into his his neck uh, where they were pulling the blood uh, out of him and uh, cleaning it and oxygenizing it oxygenizing it um uh oxygenating it whatever you might, might might call it that's probably not the most medical term but uh but anyways they were they're doing all of those things that are necessary and your body would normally do uh and they were doing it for him and then and then returning that blood to him and uh I remember distinctly the the head uh physician it was about three days in and they did a, a test. And when they test people on ECMO, they basically just, they kind of turn all the machines down and see what their body's going to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I remember the, the, the doctor, the, the attending, he turned to, to some of the other doctors that were around him. And, and this room was just, during this test, the room was just full of physicians and nurses. And uh, there were probably 20 people in this little hospital room. And um, I remember him turning and saying, uh, I think this kid's heart is stronger than mine. And, wow. um, and the next day they took him off of ECMO life support Wow! because he had, he had so recovered. Uh, I remember sitting with, uh, Dr. Hall was his name, uh, was the attending's name. I remember I was standing out in the hallway with him and we were looking into the, the hospital room and he said, from what I, from my memory, <laughs> he said, uh, I am throwing anti- antibiotics antivirals antifungal medication i'm i'm throwing everything but the kitchen sink at this kid um and i don't know what's making him better and i remember looking at him and i and saying i know what's making him better uh, god is uh, yeah and uh he kind of shrugged his shoulders and he goes you know that explanation's as good as any i can give you <laughs> and so um i thought that was pretty good coming from a from a physician yeah. uh, a medical doctor and so uh, from that point on it was it was recovery uh, he spent seven days on a ventilator and then once they pulled the ventilator from him and started to wean him off of his uh, sedative medications we weren't sure at this point what his brain function was mm-hmm. we didn't know how long he'd been without oxygen his breathing that morning was very shallow and short and fast And so we were really concerned about just his mental state. We were glad that he was recovering Mm -hmm. physically, but we just didn't know. Um, And he came, he came out of sedation. And of course he wasn't, he didn't like that. Um, and he, he hurt and, you know, he would kind of wince. And I remember one time they, we were staying at the Ronald McDonald house across the street and they called us and they said, uh, come quickly. He's, he's asking for you. Um, and basically, he was like, he wasn't really saying anything. He's just kind of moaning. Um, and, and so they thought it would be good to, for us to come. And when we came, uh, he was calm for a while, but then it started to rile him up and, and he, he started to get excited and, and cry. Uh, and so we were, we didn't, even then, we didn't know like what, what is it, what are his mental capabilities? And I remember, um, as we were leaving the room, they kind of ushered us out. They said, "Hey, it's he's, he's getting a little too worked up. We need we need you to, to head out." I remember we looked. The nurse told us to look back because she noticed uh, he had raised his hand up, uh, like he was saying bye.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and um, uh, I remember distinctly the day that he first spoke. Um, we had the our two other children at the time. They came and they um they just we brought him up to visit and uh they brought a little toy for him it was this little like stretchy worm or something uh, that they got from the gift shop and um my daughter just climbed up on the bed with him and they were they were best friends when they at this point in their uh in their lives and she just climbed up there and started playing with him on his bed uh and all of a sudden he just he opened up and started talking and I remember both my wife and I just had tears just Aww. flowing down our face because he was, he, he was talking, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he was, he seemed fine. Um, and, and again, from that point on, it was just recovery. And, uh, he started talking to us more and more. Uh, and of course he was only two, so he had a limited vocabulary anyway, mm-hmm. but, um, but then he started to learn how to talk and he, you know, and he was walking again and, uh, they were, uh, they were helping him to, to that, doing that physical therapy and, uh, in in the room, and uh, I just remember all the interactions that we had with different doctors coming in and out of the room. And they, you know, we'd have doctors come in, and they would just start looking at his vitals, and they'd say, "Well," uh, and we'd finally just ask him, "What, what, what department are you with?" Because they were always in in and out, and um, and finally um, we said or they, they would they would ask you know they would say well we're, we're from you know we're from the the 13th floor or we're from the seventh floor or wherever uh you know hematology or or, or oncology or wherever and, and and we'd say well what what is it that uh that, that you're here for why are you why are you in here looking looking at michael and they said oh well we're, we were just told to come up and check on the miracle kid and all through the hospital apparently this this the news of this kid who had come in essentially dead yeah was now up and awake and moving around and and talking in uh uh in the 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 um i believe it was the NICU um and so it was the NICU or the PICU and so it was just um it was just amazing to see God work through all that and uh, even you know his physical healing was incredible, but uh, but we got we got to a place as a as a couple, and my wife and I, within the first couple of days of of his um, his experience, where we, he was still on ECMO and it was still touch and go, and we didn't know whether he was going to live or die. We got to a place where uh, in in prayer, the Lord, the Lord just said to us, you know, whatever I do with your child, uh, I will be glorified in that. And that was hard for us. Yeah. I mean, we were we were t- we were thinking about, you know, what what is it going to be like to pick out a, a casket for mm-hmm. a child, uh, and you know, what are we going to tell our other children, and and how are we going to how are we going to move past this? How are we going how are we going to move beyond the the loss of a child? Because we we had already experienced in in our marriage the 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 weight of a lot the loss of a child for for other. Um, couples and how difficult it is just for them to stay together because they look at each other and they see their child in right. their in their spouse's face and and, and so we were, we were dealing with all of that and finally we'd come to the place where we were wholly uh, in uh, in trusting God to do whatever he chose to do with our son, but that whatever happened that God would be glorified in other people's lives. and we still today and and you're, you're one of them, Alana, uh that we come to we come across people who will say i started praying again Mm -hmm. when i heard about your son Mm -hmm. or or my spiritual walk my walk with god was strengthened in watching the updates yeah uh, about your son and and how the just the incredible miracle that took place there and and that that became our prayer less about um his physical well-being because um as, as one of uh, one of our friends who came up and visited us often came up and said he 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 actually approached us this was probably three or four days into Michael going to the hospital and he said you know we're we're going to he said I, I prayed for you this morning I prayed for Michael and uh, I just want you to know I'm not going to pray for him anymore and I was like well that's kind of rude like why why would you say something like that and and he said he said no he said i'm not going to pray for him anymore because the lord has already told me that he's going to heal him
2: mm-hmm. so i'm going to
1: let him do his thing and i want to stop bothering him <laughs> uh,
2: okay. with that mm-hmm.
1: um and instead he started to pray as we were praying for for god to be glorified mm-hmm. in that situation and we have uh we have gone to churches where they he was on the prayer list mm-hmm.
2: and we never visited those
1: churches mm-hmm. until uh, until after he had gotten well um, we've talked with people all over the place. They'll come up and, and they'll say, wait a minute, are you are you Michael's dad or are you Michael's mom? Mm-hmm. And and you know, they they, they hardly know us, mm-hmm. but, but when they see Michael, they're like, Oh, that's that's the kid. Uh-huh. That's that's the miracle kid. Um, and so it it's really been it's been an incredible story. And um, and even now, I mean he's he's 10 years old today. And uh, the only real physical, ongoing physical ailment that he has is the leg that that IO went into, uh, is uh, there's an issue with his growth plates. And even the doctors have said like, we don't necessarily know if that was caused by that, by the illness, Mm -hmm. or if it was just something that was genetic and would have happened anyway. And so um, he had, what he had was HLH, hemophagocytic lymphohistiocytosis um, for those that are interested in the, in the medical side of it um, but essentially it was a uh, it was an attack an autoimmune attack that uh, a, a, i guess anybody can have uh, of any age and uh, but there's also a genetic component to it and so they they did a genetic test to see like is this something that he has and um, that, that he's going to deal with for the rest of his life and the 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 end result was. They don't know. It was a he had a variation in his in his genes, which is not as strong of an indicator as a, a mutation. And so they weren't they weren't sure. But they started to prep him for a bone marrow biopsy or a bone marrow transplant anyway, uh, to, to kind of deal with the issue. And so we we go in our one of our post post hospital visits and and they start talking about how you know they're going to need him to stay in the hospital for uh you know a couple months and and he's going to have to you know his immune system is going to have to be completely suppressed and they're going to do this uh this transplant and all this and I said I said hold on a second wait 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 how what are the chances that he has this uh d- this genetic disease uh, and what are the chances that it was just an attack and and I remember the the the, the physician said it's 50 50. And, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of those that's just going to, uh, you know, ignore all the medical advice and and we'll certainly watch him and we'll monitor him and, and, all, and all of those things. But your 50, 50, um, is my God's 100%. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I told her, I said, I, I've, um, I have felt very strongly that God has cured him, that God has healed him of, of this illness. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know we're not we're not going to be crazy and just you know not do any medical and mm-hmm. uh, medical treatment and we'll certainly come up and and do all the tests that you want to run and if he gets sick we'll bring him right up here uh and and we'll have him tested if that's the case but uh, but we don't want to do a, a a bone marrow transplant unless it's absolutely necessary and they were perfectly happy with that and uh and to this day i still believe that that's the case that god has healed him yeah um and i mean he's gotten colds since then but he's never had anything that he couldn't overcome yeah that his own immune system couldn't fight yeah. and so it's just been amazing to see what god has done through that um how he healed him
2: yeah and
1: and how others were impacted as a result and that's all we really wanted yeah um it took us a minute to get there yeah. because that's not necessarily a place that you, you end up what, when, mm-hmm. when your, your son or daughter gets sick, but, um, and it wasn't, was a,
0: a, ger- I mean, you said, sorry, you said no, um, it was 34 days,
1: 34 days in the hospital. Yeah. So the, the kidneys were the slowest to wake up. And so they had him on dialysis for a lot of that time. And uh, so it was, it, it was funny because uh, a few days before Christmas, um, they were saying, you know, we've got him on dialysis. He's got all these medications. We really can't send him home. Um, he's got to pee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we we were we were actually praying. We were asking people to yeah, pray. Yeah, I remember hey, that. I, I, I we need him to pee.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, you know, probably the strangest prayer a lot of people prayed at that time uh, in their lives. But um, but yeah, it was the day. It was Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. That day, he woke up and there was just a little bit of pee in his um, in his uh, catheter bag, and um, and so they started to prep us to go home, and we got to we got to take him home Christmas Eve night, and uh, it was the best Christmas gift we could have mm-hmm. gotten.
0: I remember that because, well, and it still pops up on my memories every year, on my Facebook memories, because I would share the updates and stuff. And I remember being so excited, like, because that was our prayer that he would get his Christmas miracle. Mm -hmm. And he did. Um, And I think, you know, I've told you, you know, that I prayed for you and stuff. But what I didn't tell you was that, you know, I had lost a really good friend of mine in 2012. To cancer, and it was kind of one of those things where we had prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Um, she was a pastor's wife; she was, you know, strong believer, strong faith, all the things, and we just knew that God was going to heal her, and then He didn't, didn't the way that we thought that He would. Yeah. And it was the first time in my walk with the Lord that I was really that disappointed, you know, like you pray Mm -hmm. for things and it doesn't happen. And you're like, okay. Or you pray for people and they're so sick that you're like, you know, he can, but will he kind of thing. But this, it was like, I just knew like Mm. God's going to heal her.
2: Yeah.
0: And, um, and then it didn't happen. And I really struggled with that in that area specific, um, with healing after that, because I just was kind of like, Well, God, what's the point? Like we're gonna ask you, but you're gonna do whatever you want anyway. And what's Mm -hmm. the point? And so I had not, I don't want to say that I had stopped praying for healing for people because I didn't. I just did it with a lot of doubt. Yeah. And um I remember when Michael got sick, there was something where when it first started coming over my newsfeed, I was like, okay. And I'd say a little prayer or whatever. And then it was just like, the Lord was like, no, you need to pray for him. Mm. And I was like, I don't know that I'm ready to do that. (laughs) And, um, but I did. And I, it was the first time in, it was about a year and a half um, that I had felt that actual hope again of Mm. like, God, I actually think you're going to do this. I think you're going to maybe do this. And really prayed and prayed and prayed. And so then when he did, that was huge for me. Like that what I mean, I will stand in line as one of those people who mm. it strengthened my faith and it strengthened my hope and it strengthened my trust in the Lord because it had been shaken. Like it had been shaken a lot.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: mm. And so yeah, it was. So that's why it's like, and it's so neat. I love the body of Christ and I love how prayer connects people because, you know, I had never met you. I had never met your wife, but there was just such a strong connection to you. Cause when you pray for people, you get God's heart for them. You get, you know, you just feel for them and it was your two year old. And so, and I, at the time, I had a two-year-old at home too, so it hit a different mm-hmm. nerve too. Of like, he's the same age as my kid, and right. so it was just a lot mm-hmm. of different things. Um, but I want you to know, like, it did. It it your prayer was answered, and God got a lot of glory out of it. And mine mm-hmm. was one of the many lives that it wasn't just oh, I celebrated because He healed him, but it was it was a very big part of restoring my faith and restoring my trust in the Lord of like, you really are a healer. So it, it's, you know, we, we walk through those hard times and we wonder why, or, you know, all the things, but he, his word is true. Like all things work together for the good. And, you know, Mm -hmm. he, what the enemy meant for evil, he'll, he'll use for good and he'll turn for good. And, And that for sure happened in your story. So, and in his story. All right. Well, I asked you, you know, what you felt like the Lord was saying over Coffee. Now I want to ask you, what is he speaking to you personally?
1: Yeah. Um, this is this is a, a an, an interesting question because you don't always get that from from the pastor, right? You don't always mm-hmm. hear what what's what's the Lord saying to you, right? Yeah, you, you not hear for a the, message <laughs> you know, prep
2: or not for the, that, but like not for the
1: you. message for this Sunday, <laughs> not the you know not what's he what's he saying to the congregation or what's he saying to the city, but what's he saying to you? And, and every every year, and this was actually something I got from a from a coworker of mine um, who he he does this kind of every year as the, as the year wraps up, he begins to pray for what, for a word. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes it's a phrase, sometimes it's just a, just a word. And, and last year's word for me was communication. I, I was, I was somebody that uh, for, for as, uh, as effective as I feel like I am communicating one-on-one I wasn't necessarily the great, the greatest communicator when it came to, you know, in in front of people. Uh, And, and I also, I did a, I didn't do the best job of following up um, and keeping people informed. And so I felt like God was really impressing on me, like, hey, I want you to be intentional about your communication this year. And uh, this year, uh, as I was praying that towards the beginning of the year, uh, I really felt that God, that God was impressing on me uh, unity.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so really just uh, trying, to, uh, trying to foster a spirit of unity uh, among the, the people that I meet, strangers, uh, you know, relatives. Uh, I've got family members that um, I wish I would talk to more, mm-hmm. right? And just hadn't hadn't had the chance because of you know life gets busy and whatnot. Uh, and so, trying to to reach out to them and to connect with them more, uh, to grow relationships with friends, and uh, trying to build a spirit of unity within the congregation that uh, that goes beyond you know. Doctrinal beliefs, or, mm-hmm. or or theological agreements or disagreements, and that sort of thing. And so, um, I've really been kind of meditating on that idea uh, for for the better part of the the start of this year. Uh, just what does it mean to be united, mm-hmm. and and not only in um, a uh, not only in a spirit of of um, uh, not only just in the spirit of unity, just for the sake of unity, mm-hmm. but how how do we unite ourselves under one, uh, you know, under one central mission, under one one vision? And um, I, uh, I I'm uh, I, I'm in the international guard. I don't know if you're if you're aware of that or not, but um, I'm in the international guard. And uh, and one of the things that I I love about the military. Uh, and is, can be frustrating at times being in the military and then living in, in civilian life, uh, is that the military is unit one, one mission focused. Um, we, you know, the, the, air force, their job is to generate air power, mm-hmm. right? We, we are to get planes in the air, get them flying, make sure that they're capable and mission ready, all, all of those things. And, you know, you have your disagreements and you might squabble about, you know, different things and, and the, you know, in your flight or whatever, um, but at the end of the day, it's about getting those planes off the ground and, and making sure that they're able to accomplish the mission. And uh, I feel like that I need to somehow find a way to foster that same sort of unity in the church. Mm-hmm. Because, man, we can, we can get off on the tangents
2: yeah. on
1: things. And, you know, uh, you know all, all different denominations have their different uh, uh, emphasis mm-hmm. and, and the different things that they focus on. Uh, but at the end of the day... We we are called to fulfill the great commission, yeah. and that is to uh, to go and to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and teaching them all of the things that uh, Jesus commanded His disciples. Yeah, and um, and so that's that's it. That's what I want to. That's what I want to unite my church under. That's what I want to have a spirit of unity. And and so when I I don't want to get off on a tangent where I'm. You know, I'm pushing some agenda that I, you know, feel very passionate about. I, I want my focus to be uh, unified on that that great commission. How can I make disciples? How can I uh, unite people under the, the banner of Jesus Christ?
2: Yeah. And,
1: and how can I help to uh, teach and empower and instruct the others to, uh, to go and to do what Jesus commanded? Um, so... That's that's where God is, has yeah. been leading me, and um, I don't know. That's, I love it. it. it, it it's um, uh, it's been exciting to see what God has done in the yeah. last, even in the last couple of weeks here yeah. at Heritage. So
0: that's so good. That's so good. And I think, you know, like like I said earlier, I'll say it again. Like I, you carry that. You know, you do carry that. You're someone who it's not as easy for you to be connected here because you don't live here and stuff. And so I think the fact that you are so intentional about it, like you, it's part of that unity. You carry that of like, I don't want to be living in another city and just coming down here and preaching and then leaving, you know, I want to be connected. I want to be unified. And so you have looked for opportunities to make that happen. And you've also accepted opportunities to make that happen. And, um, you know, I, I can only speak for my personal experiences with you, but like I had said earlier, like anytime I've asked you to do anything, you jump right in. And it's like, I think that's just, that's who you are. Like, I mean, when you, when you truly have a heart to follow the great commission and make disciples, then I think it just comes naturally because it's like, Listen, we're all together on this on this earth to make disciples. We all have the same mandate. we still we all have the same commission to follow. I don't really care where you stand on a, B and C. We have to find a way. We have to find common ground to work together mm-hmm. to fulfill that commission. Right. And I think that you know you are a shining example of what that looks like of like I can put all the other things to the side and be intentional to show up and do my part to make that happen here and in Circleville and wherever else the Lord leads you to do. So I think that's awesome. Well,
1: thank you. That's very humbling. And I appreciate the, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Can I give a little plug? Yeah. Okay. Yes. 100%. So uh, obviously Heritage Church of the Nazarene here on Orange Street, Worthington. Mm uh, we have services at Sunday, Sunday at 10 AM. Um, uh, if you want to hear a, uh, a, a fumbling, uh, 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 you know, fallible pastor, uh, give a, give a message and, and the Lord somehow work through him. Um, you're, you're welcome to join us. Um, but, um, but I really want to focus on uh, the ecumenical, an ecumenical service that's coming up. And ecumenical is just a big word for all churches, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Regardless of, of denominational bent or background. Uh, but uh, this Easter, um, we're going to be doing a sunrise service up at Edina Mansion. <gasps> and, um, and yeah, right over, right oh, at the, uh, the Great Seal Overlook. It's going to be beautiful. Um, so, uh, we're looking at doing that at 6 30 AM. So if you're, if you're willing to get up that early and, and, and come out and join us, uh, we would love to have you. Um, and that's, that's anybody. It doesn't matter what, what, uh, what spiritual bent they are. Yeah. Even. Um, just come on out and, and enjoy, uh, enjoy the morning with us and, uh, celebrate our risen savior.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. That'll be gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will do my very best to be there because that sounds amazing. So. Yes. That sounds perfect. And also those of you who may not know, I mean, I know that you said orange Street, but it's right in, it's right in the heart of story place. And so if mm-hmm. you live in story place, you can walk. And so come check them out. Do you have evening service? Do you have Wednesday night Bible study or anything?
1: So we have some, some Bible studies that go uh, at different times. Um, the first and third right now, uh, Wednesdays of the month, we do a women's group on, on Wednesday nights um sun saturday mornings at 7 a.m bright and early at carl's townhouse uh, a group of us men get together uh you, you're welcome to join us there uh we do a, a little potluck on saturday nights uh, out here a, a small group of folks join uh, join together and do that um uh, but but yeah other than that they, the only service that we're doing right now is sunday morning uh but uh but we've got some folks that are coming on, uh, some st- young students, yeah. ministry students that are interested in in doing some great things in the community as well. Uh, and they live around here. Um, and so they're wanting to do uh, some some different things. And one of those is potentially a Sunday night here soon. Awesome. So, so keep posted. Yeah. Uh, chillicothe is where you can find those things. Uh, all that information, how to get connected with us. So.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And thank you. It has been when we started this, we said it had been a, a rough morning with technical difficulties, and it turned into a whole day um, of rough things. And Michael has been so gracious and so patient. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for working with me and and just being gracious.
1: Absolutely, thank <laughs> so. you for having me.
0: Wasn't that fantastic? Oh my goodness! I hope that that encouraged you and blessed you as much as it did me when we were recording it. Um just a reminder their church is Heritage Nazarene Church. It is located at 730 Orange Street, uh right here in the middle of Story Place. <laughs> um so if you are looking for a church and you you know connected with Michael, then go check them out. Um I also want to put a little plug in. He mentions this in the podcast, but I'll plug it again for him. Um On Easter Sunday, uh, April 9th, they are doing a community-wide Easter uh, sunrise service at 7 a.m. up at Great Seal. uh, I'm sorry, not Great Seal, up at Adina Mansion. Um, I was thinking Great Seal because when you overlook Adina Mansion, it's the seal. (laughs) Um, So Adina Mansion at 7 a.m. on Easter Sunday, April 9th. And I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm going to do my very best to be there and would love to see you come out and just see it be a whole community, um, united time. So I just want to put the plug in there for him and for their church, go check it out and check them out. Uh, Keep posted on social media. They do a lot of different outreach things. And uh, so just check them out, give them a follow. And um, like I said earlier, you know, I pray that this whole episode blessed you, but especially if you're someone um, who's just standing in the need of a miracle or you're praying and believing for someone else, you know, I pray that his story um, just reignited some hope in you and stirred up your faith to believe that. Um, the Lord is able and he is faithful and he is still a God of miracles. And so believe, um, believe him and believe his word and just stand on his promises because he is faithful always. So I hope that you all have a fantastic week and, uh, I will join you back here next week for another episode of pour it out.